Hi, my name is Kozan, and I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I practice with the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your donations to support our programming of practice, study, and teachings, and to fund scholarships that help our full-time practice residents with tuition and living expenses. Thank you for helping our Sangha. So uh, we're just going to do mountains and rivers um, today, so I can, I would be happy to respond to your questions. At some point, maybe what we'll do is just uh, something like uh, the talk title will come out of the first question, because I, I can give you a talk title and talk for a little while, but sometimes the first question might be a good thing. That way we're, we're on a similar, rather than I'm just lecturing you, we're talking about what you're interested in hearing about. So, that being said, if you have questions, please come this way. Since I, since there are uh, 36 screens open, I won't be able to see everyone. So if you put your hands up in the show, that may be enough for me to call on you. But also, you could just say, um, you know, whatever, say whatever your name is, and uh, like Isan Bowing. And that way, I can call on you that way. Andrea Bowing. Um, how do you work with um, say being sick for say like a month or something like that, and sit and, ma and managing your sitting practice? Bowing. Okay, I'm not. I'm not clear on what you're asking me. Would you mind repeating or paraphrasing? Andrea Bowen, how do you deal with, work with your, excuse me, let me back up. How do you manage your sitting practice when you're ill for, say, like a month or longer, Bowen? Well, you know, it's, it might be obvious to you when I say this, it's just very situational. You know, if you, if you can't sit upright, if you're really ill and you can't sit upright, then stay in bed. Or if it's happening, if your illness is happening in such a way that you just don't feel like uh, meditating or practicing at all, or even coming on this, don't do it. Take care of yourself. How, how your, your whole body mind situation is, that needs to come first rather than trying to push yourself into some kind of a, a form. If someone who lives at the monastery, they don't have to explain, they don't have to bring a note from their doctor or anything. They just say, don't feel well, Not won't be at forums this morning. If they do that day after day after day, week after week, month after month, uh, you know, may have to do something besides live at the monastery. But as long as there's people get sick or don't feel well, so sometimes those illnesses go on for weeks or even months. So we would look at it situationally. You living on your own, basically, rather than in a monastery or with a group of meditators, where you have some kind of uh, obligation to uh, to uh, observe the forms, then you would just have your own situation. Just do the best you can. Maybe even set up a form so you don't slide under the radar of your own uh, awareness altogether. Set up a form so you need to, if you can get up out of bed, if you're that sick, but get out of bed, walk across the room, and on your way to the restroom, uh, which you're going to have to go to, probably, Trying to think of a scenario that might show for anyone. Uh, you have an altar, bow. Uh, if you consider yourself a Buddhist, which I think you do, you're uh, studying Buddhism, you're, you're a Buddhist. So 
bow to the altar and say, I, I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Sangha, I take refuge in the teacher, or whatever form you're using, might be just using the first three. And then bow each time, or bow one time. It's your form. Bow to an altar, an image of the Buddha, possibly an image of the teacher, uh, offer incense, offer flowers, offer water, that you can offer, 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 you can offer food some kind of a gesture of giving 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 and even though you don't you don't feel well and you don't sit down on the cushion for an hour two hours three hours four hours whatever you could at least do that make some kind of offering to the to the three jewels to the teacher to the form did i get close to what you were looking for andrew bowing yes but i have a further question go ahead please um I actually get sick regularly during winter. It's yeah. a chronic thing. So is it advisable to make some kind of plan since I know it's coming, or should I just wake up every day and take it as it goes? Right. A little bit of each. A little bit of take it as it goes. That You need to do that as it shows up. But you could have some kind of a of a plan where through that period, if it's coming up and you're going to have some difficulty, uh, that chronic uh, discontent, do you know what it is? Has it been diagnosed? Andrew Bowing, um, yes, I have non-allergic rhinitis and I get secondary infections in the winter. Okay, so uh, I, I don't know anything about that, so I would just say uh, go with your whoever you're seeing for help your doctor and and then uh, also maybe set up a small form like that so you're you're paying attention to that you could you could also read a um read a chapter out of you have the 108 meditations you could read one of those uh, even laying in bed i mean i don't recommend that we meditate laying in bed you can set up if you can but if you, if you need to lay down then you could actually read one of those and practice setting your your awareness practice in bed just hold very still when you're doing it and and do it for a length of time do it for five minutes start with the bell end with the bell so so find a way to work with that so that you have a form that you're observing that you've created yourself based on on how you feel and how what you can handle what you can do and what you can't do be reasonable about it but have some way of returning to the teacher, the teaching in the community over and over and over again, every day, possibly a couple of times a day, maybe morning and evening. You might not do sitting meditation all day that day, but might not do shikantaza because you don't feel well, but you could have some kind of a formal, uh, what's called a form, you could call it a ritual or whatever, but those, those are important. They're important in, in any, uh, any activity you're going to do, but in particular, the spiritual path, you need some kind of a form that you observe every day. Andrew Bowen, thank you. You're welcome. Further questions in any direction? Goes on bowing. Yes, goes on. I have a question about the Bodhisattva prayer for those who have passed. Yes. It says there's a line that says, um, Oh, compassionate ones, protect them as they are defenseless. Yes. So what does that mean? Um, those who have passed that are defenseless versus the living situation? 
Well, in the living situation, you have your opinions, your ideas, your judgments, your hand position, your family, the walls of your room, and the walls of your mind. They're protecting you from the from the onslaught of otherness or that which you're paranoid about. But when the body mind drops, that paranoia, if it's not been dealt with in this lifetime, it's on you. Is that a guarantee? No, not at all. You, I, I can be completely incorrect about that. You might go directly into uh, a heaven realm and be perfectly, relatively protected. I have no idea for sure. But, uh, it looks like uh, some of what could happen is that which you've been protecting yourself from uh, in your in your life when you pass that some of that may come up to uh, cash in their chips, so to speak. Causes and conditions are endless. Some sorrows without end. It's an incredible set of circles. And if you're going in one of those, when the body mind collapses, then the consciousness is uh, not necessarily liberated, though it could be. The, the causes and conditions that arise in anyone's mind stream are untraceable and searchable, and no two lives are alike. So we're just basically praying for uh, the welfare, and uh, because of the nature of consciousness, uh, there, there's uh, that uh, you're, you're able to address the situation in consciousness rather than just in uh, on Zoom. Because uh, I'm buying, I'm not really sure. Um, uh, if you're, uh, can you train yourself to receive in the, those different states? If you train yourself to receive in, as you're alive, my understanding, my understanding, of what I've been looking at is that if you train yourself to receive uh, in this uh, human realm, um, then then that, that intention uh, is is not a thought pattern. It's, it's an intention that has to do with consciousness only. So it looks that way. It looks like that's a possibility. There's no guarantee, but you can be fairly sure if you turn into samsara and try to squeeze happiness out of cause and effect, right and wrong, success and failure, winning and losing that that will just continue but if you if you turn to the teaching through the through the buddha the dharma the sangha and through the understanding that we're all studying uh, daily for some of us for many many years decades even then then that's working with the consciousness in such a way that there's the possibility of uh, of, a, of a complete understanding or complete openness or anutra samyang samudhi that could happen at death Because the body does drop instead of, as Dogen says, drop off body and mind. You can't get, you don't get rid of the body. You, you, you see how attached you are to the body and the mind as protecting some kind of a artificial being or self. There is no one. There is no personhood. And you may, it's possible to stumble onto this with no practice, but it's unlikely. But with a lot of practice, then the likelihood of stumbling onto that is very, very likely. You will, because you're looking, you're looking, you're returning, you're returning, you're returning to the teaching that's saying, no self in the skandhas, there's no being there. This voice that you're hearing is coming out of dependent origination and has no solid personhood. The personhood it has is unreal. 
four. Goes on bowing. So is the body and mind and this physical being protective in the first place? For the time that you're a living being, yes, you're totally the most terrible, uh, vicious, evil, crazy person is protected by their, their body mind construct that brought them karma that brought them into this lifetime. They have a, some relative protection from, uh, from the unknown by grasping at what the known and that known can show up as I know I'm better than everyone else. And I know that only I can fix it. That kind of thing. Those are powerful. Those are very powerful. Just the same as I'm nobody. I'm worthless. I might as well end my life. Kind of thing. Those are very powerful forms. Welcome. Further questions, please. Don't hesitate. Wonder bowing. Um, what is the worst suffering? The suffering for keeping it at bay or the suffering that um, we're creating by keeping things at bay? Bowing. I don't know if there's enough you couldn't, but I don't know how valuable it is to go in and sort through it. It's just whatever is showing up right now, receive it. Suffering, receive it. Happiness, receive it. Don't abandon anything for something else. No, none of the, that man, manipulation, unless I missed what you're asking about. Suffering. Suffer. It seems like you were saying that we're uh, protecting ourselves, that you know, our ego is basically a protection. Yeah, the, and and uh, the ego is uh, protecting uh, uh, something that is, is, uh, is constructed and created and imaginary, but it's fundamentally unreal, albeit evident or there or seems real, seems like somebody. But then if... Uh... This body passes away. That ego is not there to protect it. Consciousness anymore? We don't know for sure. It looks like it could continue to go um, because of the intense grasping or rejection or hope and fear that happened when the body mind was uh, the consciousness was uh, uh, seemingly uh, with the body mind. The consciousness itself, when the body mind goes. Uh, disintegrates, decays, goes back into the elements, then consciousness doesn't, that, that may be shrunk up into a ball of me, 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 might may still be going on. Not, there's no guarantee of that. There's, there's, there's no threat of it necessarily, but it's a good idea to find out who this is and what this is before the body-mind does go back into the elements. Well, what exactly, um, when we're uh, practicing, receiving, what exactly is continuing? Is it the, uh... Just, you just receive what shows up in the, in the sense of seeing, you just receive it. No, no addition, no, no, no complication, no interpretation of what you're seeing, what you're smelling, what you're tasting, what you're thinking. That's the, the difficult one there is the thinking. Whatever shows up in the mind stream ha has no thinker. There is, it's an incredible illusion that there's somebody who's thinking stuff and who gets credit or blame or suffers 
from the thought, the mind stream that comes up that is that is uh, um, assumed to be the possession or the experience of a particular being aligned with a body-mind complex that gives an even more and even an even more intense anchor into a physical dimension that is unreal. It's dependently arisen. It does not last. Divine. So in this uh, this teaching right now, yes. How can we ask a question that helps us go fundamentally deeper? What kind of question helps us go fundamentally deep? Fundamentally, helps us go deeper into. You ask it out of your own uh, um, assumptions or preconceptions about things, and, and the main one that. The most difficult one is that you think you are a particular person going somewhere, having a life, having a, a, a opinions, beliefs, uh, things that are real. Pardon me for dealing with my itching nose. So, so that would be your question. You're doing it now. You're asking out of what seems to be confusing or problematic or not clear. So you're actually actually asking. So that's why I say ask questions, and the more simpler and more direct the question, the more direct is going to be the response, because I don't really think about stuff. If I did think, I wouldn't be able to do this. I'd still be back in the fourth grade math class, as we were talking about, or arithmetic. I don't think. Thinking goes on, but I don't, I don't think personhood is temporary and with a with someone who is clear who functions as a dharma teacher it's it's only lasts just for for even seconds it doesn't even last out it's there just long enough to say something and it goes so it shows up because there needs to be some kind of a dynamic that's why you're you're asking questions of uh, of yourself you're actually asking questions of your of your original nature you just don't know it yet more oh no i still want to ask how can we ask questions about our mistaken identity or the self that we're so buying into you're already doing it you do it all the time i don't know i want to know what question to ask uh, ask me uh, who you are fundamentally. What? Who am I fundamentally? No one. There is no, there is no response other than uh, the negative one because of the intense grip we have on making something positive. Making something here. I'm here. And I'm alive and I'm someone. I'm going somewhere and this is my hand and that's your hand. And we just buy into the relativity that supports the illusion of a separate self, a separate environment, separate other beings that we're interacting with. Unreal. It's vividly unreal. But because it's so vivid, we tend to believe that. If you continue to walk the path, if you, however that shows up for anyone that's here, your particular path is going to be like no one else's. Your particular emotional dynamic, your hope and fear. Some people just don't have a, a lot of fear in, in the mind stream. And other people are just 
terrified all the time, day after day after day. Some people with that intense negativity tend to get rid of it by blaming. They blame their people, blame their parents. I certainly have. Blame the environment, blame the government, blame, 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 blame. You can get totally wrapped up in politics. As we watched on the news today a little bit. People are completely submerged in something. And albeit very, very intelligent, kind, loving people, but still they're sunk in right and wrong. I ask one more time, uh, we're trying to see this false yes. sense of self, this um, solidified yes. ego. Mm -hmm. How do we ask questions about it that will help us to fundamentally see? So look at, look at what you believe, what you think or what you believe is true and what you believe is you believe and ask questions around that. You believe that you are someone. Are you? Who are you? And I was just told not too long ago, nobody. How long ago was that? Um, I think it's like uh, 30 seconds ago. Yeah, so pretty good memory. So the causes and conditions that arise as the obscurations that any of us has have, uh, the, the conflicting emotions about the nature of anything. We just have to continue to look at the obscurations until we see more clearly what, what, what that is. So it's just a matter of continuing. This is why I teach by saying intend. Don't worry about results. You don't need that. You don't need any results. Ego does. Ego needs something. So if you want to know how you're doing, just ask me. I'll tell you. Ask me how you're doing. How am I doing? You're doing great. Just keep going. Don't look at all the flicks and, and uh, spots and sticky stuff in the mind for results of you're doing terrible or results of you're doing great. Examine, but don't conclude. As soon as you conclude, materialism. Don't conclude. It's, it's more. It's more vast than that. It's, it's from the point of view of ego. It's worse than that. From the point of view of the truth, uh, it's freedom. Freedom from what you know, freedom from what you don't know, freedom from the emotions without, they don't have to go anywhere. Nothing has to happen. Nothing will happen. If you think something's going to happen, you keep looking for how you're doing. The very nature of confusion is to look here and then look there and look here and then look there. It doesn't mean that you should stop looking. But you don't have to look here and then there. Here, look, it's right in front of you. The secret is it's an open secret, nothing, not something I made up. Something has been said for centuries by those who realize their true nature. It's right in front of you. Shoto, Shoto bowing. Can our examining become an elaboration? Yes, if you're, if you're if it's a success or a failure story, all you have to do, simply put, and there, I'm open for questions around this for the rest of this day, hour or whatever. All you have to do is sit still and watch the movement of the mind come and go, concluding, rejecting, agreeing, disagreeing, liking, disliking, nice feelings, shitty feelings, 
Congo, Congo. That which is observing is doing nothing. It's just receiving. There's no production going on there. It's just receive. This is what is this? The striker. What is it? What is it for? I don't know. What is it for? What is that for? What is that for? Do it without words. Consciousness, consciousness. Just receive everything. Everything is everything is talking to you. It's like not separate, not separate. Everything is preaching, teaching, pointing at the truth. It's beyond Buddhism. Buddhism is, is just a raft to get you to the actual path. Bowing. Yes. What, is, what is that actual path? Bowing. It's beyond words. It's beyond pointing. It's beyond teaching. It's beyond. You have to get through it. Get to it. So you've you've recently received a jukai. So start with that. Refuge in the in the teacher. Refuge in the teaching. Refuge in the not just this old man, but refuge in the Buddha, who was uh, 2,500 years ago, who was a sage, who was a Dharma teacher who taught people thousands of years ago the nature of their mind, pointed to it. We have so long to be here, limited time. So that that path is without doesn't have any. You, you, we're calling it a path, but really there's no no footprints. Jishin Bowing, does the possibility to receive end when death happens? Bowing. If I understand your question. Uh, Maybe I don't, but if I understand your question, my response is there won't be anyone. There is, there is no, we're beyond personhood. There is no one left. There's no one that realizes something. So as long as you feel like you're unrealized or if you feel like you're realized, any position on anything is the very nature of confusion and passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear. The negative feelings and emotions that come in your mind stream are looking for a self that feels that way. And that's how you support it. That's how we support it. That's how I support it. That's how I know about it. But nothing changes. All we have is words and they're, they're, they seem pretty, uh, pretty cool when we're using them. We can say stuff. We can describe things. Some people can describe things better than others. Some people get the fancy idea that they see more deeply than everyone else, so therefore they become poets and try to mangle the words into the right shape so that they'll express some kind of thing they're aware of. They're so proud of themselves. That being said, some of the most moving words that have ever been written or heard, spoken, are by poets. 
because of the intention, intention to express, the intention. So this is not poetry. This is the intention to receive, not the intention to express. This doesn't mean that if you're an artist, you should stop making art. Maybe you should do that even more. Maybe you should write even more. But train the mind. The most important is sit down, hold still, observe. Be an observer, be a receiver, just receive. Stop producing stuff. Kevin Bowing. Yes, sir. Uh, earlier you said to Ando, just suffer. Yes. How does just suffering, or does just suffering help us to see through the imaginary self that is suffering? Um, yes, it does. <laughs> it does. Okay. Glad we got that out. <laughs> yeah, just, just I, I sometimes say, and it's easy to misunderstand because it's not meant as a, a confirmation of negativity, but just suffer. Suffer is just happening. It's arising in everyone. Everyone is suffering. The Buddha was not kidding us. What a, what a kind, loving human being. Did not try to necessarily be win the popularity contest back 2,500 years ago, but he says, life is suffering. And he didn't add this on, but I'm, he, perhaps he did, but I'm adding it right now. Did not say part of the time. Suffering, suffering. What's different about it? There is no one who is suffering. So that's uh, Naroda, but may be so bold to say it that way. The sufferer, it doesn't disappear, it doesn't have to, it seemed to be unreal. The, the personhood that grasps at, uh, at that aspect of consciousness and claims it as I'm the one who's suffering. I need to, I need to get out of this, I need to end my life, I need to end his life. I need to get a master's degree. I need to move to um, Scotia, whatever. I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I need, I want. No, you don't. Or yeah, maybe you do, but no, you don't. Sit there. Sit down, hold still. See the truth yourself. You see it. You don't need me. You don't need a teacher. But until you see what this is, and if you feel like you're going in circles, and you're confused, and you feel like you're suffering, and you're not sure what to do about it, you may need to listen to the teaching. You may need to listen to the Buddha. Kevin Bowing. Yes, Kevin. Um, yeah, I, I was I was asking the question to sort of connect how we get from the first noble truth to the third. And you hear about the first snowball truth? Snowball truth. The snowball truth, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that. I tried, you know, you'd think a really disciplined person uh, like me would be able to resist that kind of dumb humor, but I couldn't, so. Well, now that I've had my little production here of humor, now please continue with your question. Um, I, I, I have a question about the fourth noble truth, snowball truth. You don't, <laughs> <laughs> you don't, teach that 
eightfold path. I don't. And summarize it, or maybe summarize isn't the right word, but instead teach Sheila, Samadhi, and Prajna. Is the pith teaching of the eightfold path included in Sheila, Samadhi, and Prajna? Bowing. I feel that the central central issue there of training your mind using the eightfold path is covered there but 2500 years ago uh it was a different situation it probably was necessary to really spell that out to differentiate his teaching from the brahmins and what they were teaching which is not wrong just another kind of spiritual path so i think he really probably felt if we were to chat with him a little bit i probably felt like he needed to spell that out very specifically but I've uh, looked into that myself and have read it and studied it somewhat in the past and feel like just those three, and those are the three sometimes called, I think, the three Prajna principles. Is that, anybody recognize that? I think it's sometimes, and there's different words for those three, Sheila, Samadhi, and Prajna. I'd say, sit down, Sheila, look at it, Samadhi, see what it is, Prajna, Sheila, Samadhi, and Prajna, sit down, observe. If you're observing, this is samadhi. Samadhi is not a state of mind. If it is, you have work to do. If you think that some uh, that you're somehow in samadhi, I would say, come out of the closet. Beat you to it. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. <laughs> So, but look at it, look, look, look at it, observe, observe, receive, receive, be, be an observer. And, and eventually you don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what this is, but you don't miss anything. You don't miss a doorknob with red paint on it. You don't miss it. Was I looking at one of those right now? Yes. Where is it gone? You don't miss anything. You also don't uh, abandon everything else for concluding about the particularity that keeps showing up in your mind that, that has big hooks in it trying to get drag you back into self, some kind of a, a imaginary self that has a, an axe grind with somebody or something. Falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do. Everything all at once. Nothing sleeps. Kyoshin. Kishin Bowling, I would just like to say thank you, Sokazan, for your teachings and your life, giving us so much of your life and being uh, accessible to us and that you don't have the closed fist of some teachers. Thank you. Kishin Bowling, is just suffer the same as don't oppose what is bowing. Yeah, I can say that. But don't agree with it either. Don't do anything. If you have a headache, whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, not much is going to happen. Who, who needs a headache? You could say it that way. But if it's there, it's a headache. And if it's... Uh, 
I could go on a little bit there, but I don't think I need to. It's, it's, it's kind of obvious that we need to uh, uh, just receive, just receive everything. Well, quite, I'm a, going. quite a few people on the windows today. Yes, go ahead. Well, um, can just suffer reinforce actually reinforce the identity of a sufferer? Yes, it can. If if there's no mind training, if there's no sit down, hold still, observe. There has to be a whole buttload of that. You can't just sit for an hour a day. I'm, I'm kind of generalizing, but I'm going to say that some people to sit for an hour a day is, is like four hours a day because of their particular mind stream, their, their, uh, the way that dependent origination is showing up in, in their so-called personhood. It could be a lot, but you're going to need to sit a lot. And then because there's no, this mandala, this, uh, this mandala of, of awakening is, is everywhere. And so if you sit down, that everywhereness becomes your, you're at the center of that. And it's not a center. Because if it becomes a center, then we're talking about a center and we're talking about all the rest of it, all the fringes. It's, it's everything all at once. Everything, all, as Coben said, everything all at once. Falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. The parts are dropping off everywhere. Consolidation that we think is somebody going somewhere is just coming apart just by being observed, just by looking at that knot in space. It starts to unfold, unwrinkle. No guarantee. You see that happening, happening. When you see your mind starting to come apart, you, can, you might feel you need to go see a psychiatrist. And if you're a student of mine, please come and see me first. I may turn, as soon as you talk to me, I say, yes, absolutely. You need to talk to somebody other than me. You need to talk to, you need to go see your doctor. You need to, you need to see someone who deals with what seems to be happening with you. Well, I'm bowing. I'm not so uh, uh, certain of anything. I'm not certain of anything. Certainty is certain, but certainty is, uh, isn't about something. It's just certainty. Don't believe anything I say. You don't need to believe it. Go ahead, Will. In the past, you have offered to help in other ways with suffering with me, for example, deep consciousness work. Um, there are times when I'm in um, those spaces that I feel I need extra help. What made what makes you decide or in that moment to offer that kind of additional help that there might be something else? I have no idea. I, I have no, there's no, um, there's no trajectory there. There's no path. There's no path there. It's just, you tell me, you don't tell me literally, but I talk to you and, and then I just know that, but it's not like a, not like a decision or a, some kind of evaluation or analysis going on. It's, it's a very, very situational. 
I don't know how else to say it other than that. If if you if you awaken, if you awaken, and you and I get together and talk a little bit, probably not much will happen. Unless you want to show me one of your paintings, and then I get start to get pretty excited about that. <laughs> Are you saying there would be no questions? Yes, pretty much. If you see what this is, there will be no questions. You will know. I'm not saying you won't want to know uh, uh, where's the coffee maker at. The relative situation is still there, and it's quite refreshing to be have no questions, but just very very relative dynamics that that work with your uh, presence as a physical form in space does but, does curiosity uh, still exist let me say exist? one more thing or I, I it won't come back mind and body are not two different things you're, when you realize what this is you, there, you don't see anything but yourself everywhere your body your mind uh everywhere you look you see the buddha and when I'm saying you see awake, awake, you see awakening. There are no questions. You cannot be no longer by intimidated by by uh, anything, by weather, by the in, in, intense insanity of this particular uh, human realm or six realms. You're not intimidated by anything because there's no one there anymore. There's no one person. In, in that body, there, everything, everywhere you look, you see yourself. Go ahead with your question, please. I, for, I forgot the other one, but I have another question. Um, but the body will still feel, the senses will still. Maybe more intensely. You, you may still feel. Um, I noticed uh, yesterday sometime, I've used this example, I, I might have mentioned it. Uh, I don't know, did I talk about um, claustrophobia? So I felt, I had a, a vision that I might have been possibly in what's referred to as a past life. I don't know this for sure, but it seemed like I was going back and just for a few moments reliving being uh, locked in a box. And I don't know if in a casket or in a just a prison, uh, but some kind, of, some kind of a past situation where there was a lot of claustrophobia of being inside of something or I couldn't move and they weren't going to let me out. Is that true? I don't know. It was scary. But what did I do with it? I didn't even observe it. I literally just, I can't even say I let it do what it wanted to do because there's, there's no one letting anything, no, no one there. But that experience was still flashing forth. You can do that. Not just with that situation, but you can you can be genuine. You can be the negativity that comes up in your mind stream, in the sense of receive just receive whatever shows up. Don't conclude anything around it. Don't push it away. Don't don't fluff it up, and don't block it out. Just receive it, and it will be very mirror-like until even the mirror goes away. A mirror was almost only there when there's something else to reflect. Oolong bowing, when that difficulty, and I remember this example from yesterday, it was really helpful. In that moment, 
was was that met with I this cast that this claustrophobia may be here forever? No, oh, that's that, that's a good one. That's path. That's something. If it happens, then you can do that as path. Say I'm. I'm you can you can intend. Uh, it's like you say. Uh, uh, I think Byron Katie once said, "I don't care if this other ever comes to an end. Hmm. Doesn't have to. There, you are that intentional, and you are that brave. Use that fancy word. That's the bravery of a of a someone who thinks there's a self is the bravery of somebody on the battlefield who saves his or her buddies." You know, that kind of instantaneous bravery that jumps on a hand grenade. This is still ego. Not that it's not helpful, of course, but the bravery of the Bodhisattva is there's no one home. There's a complete uh, uh, gesture, not at the risk of being too poetic, a gesture into infinity. Infinity is not there to relative unless you gesture into it, unless you see it. What will you see? You won't see anything. <laughs> if you do, come and tell me about it. Along bowing in the example you're using gesture, is that uh, the appearance of some sort of movement? Because I know that you don't say move toward anything. It's receive. Yeah, you receive it. But the, the vow is to intend to see the truth. You, as a bodhisattva, the, the intention to save all beings, even though you can't find them, even though, even though, even though, even though, but I come back with no matter what, no matter what. Do it. Do it. You're, you're, you, you may have to start with your head, but your heart will follow. To use that breakdown. You have to do it. You have to receive this. And I, at the same time, I say, don't, don't receive, don't ask for Jukai unless you have to do it. If, you, if you're on, on a, uh, the fence, so to speak, about that, don't do it. Don't do anything. Don't do anything half-assed. Get your whole ass in there. <laughs> I got a small ass, so I think I can fit it in there. <laughs> That's a different kind of ass. <laughs> Thank you, Sokazong. Welcome. Further questions? We have 61 windows open here, so there should be some questions out there somewhere. That's more than usual. Yes. I was also very taken by what you shared with us yesterday, that situation that about claustrophobic experience. Yes. Um, you said today that you didn't even observe it, no. What did you do then? I was claustrophobic. So are you talking about feeling, fully feeling? No, I was claustrophobic. That's it. I wasn't doing anything. I, I was whatever was arising. So there was no intention to do anything. I was just claustrophobic. So this is what you, when you say sometimes just be it, is this what? Yes, that's what, what that's what I'm saying. Let mm. let it take over. They can't find anyone. So the claustrophobia is all 
lonely all by itself, being claustrophobic. You can't be fooled by anything anymore. You can only be fooled if there's something else. And if there's nothing else, then, then you're the fool. You're already a fool. Maybe the biggest fool in terms of something being different sizes. Thank you. Thank you. Mazuku bowing. Was there claustrophobia or was was there space with the claustrophobia bowing? No. That was the problem. <laughs> What's that other one? The opposite angoraphobia? Angora, I like Angora, but it's less softer. Junchu Bowing? Yes. There's a question from Robert in the UK. Robert. Is, is meta meditation a safe way to leave ego mind pattern behaviors? You mean Facebook meditation? <laughs> it's meta. Clarify your question, please. <laughs> Come on, let's keep, let's keep going. You can come back with that question. Go ahead, Isan. Um, another question about the Bodhisattva prayer for those who are recently passed. Um, it occurred to me recently that I had been thinking of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas as disembodied beings, and maybe they're not, maybe they're embodied beings. What is the essence of the object of our supplication? It seems like other. What is it? The object is you. You're the Bodhisattva. You're it. Help me understand how to, about that prayer. What did, Just intend, say the prayer, say the prayer. Uh, just the same thing with the, the, the precepts, the 16 precepts, just recite them, recite them. Okay. If you have uh, something that you're reciting, just like we recite uh, the uh, four measurables over and over and every chance we get. We do it meals, we do it at the end of talks, we do it all the time. We pray for others. It's an intention that just goes out. It's like shining a, a, a flashlight at the ground. That's what most people are doing. The Bodhisattva is shining that flashlight into the universe. Mm. Simple change. And does that image work? A little bit, maybe. It's a little corny. But it's about your intention. <laughs> your intention. Is, is, that's what it is. Mm. Actually, that's very helpful to me because you, you've said before, just supplicate, just just supplicate. So that kind of sounds like the flashlight going up. It is. It's a spiritual path. Yeah. It has no, has no goal. There's no boundaries. There's no limit. It's limitless. You can use a very relative truth right under your feet. Right here, mm -hmm. this you toward the center of the earth. The symbols for ultimate realization 
and relative understanding are all over. Mm -hmm. It's like a over-decorated cake. <laughs> Birthday, Christmas, Valentine's Day, you know, just tons of crap. It's pretty much you just got so much crap on there. You just put it, push it aside and look up at your mm -hmm. birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Peter Belling. Yes. My what? This this may sound like a frivolous question, but it is not. Okay. My wife wants to know how you got started on on your path of practice, the Buddhist path. Uh, just being born, being born into the human realm, and and uh, being uh, wanting to know what was the truth. So, and all I found were not only uh, out there, lies everywhere, and lies in here. So. Just fundamental dishonesty, hmm. and mainly in myself. And then I met my teacher in 1973, and uh, I stopped searching, started practicing. But but it was necessary for you to to meet to meet a teacher, a true teacher. Yes, I. You have, and I'm biased in that area. I don't think you can do this. I'm not saying your karma not, might not bring you into a fundamental awakening, like it did Ramana Maharshi or several other people that are spontaneous realizers, but there's not many of them unless they're staying hidden. But meet meet a treat meet somebody who's looking at it if you can. N not just somebody who has a wonderful credentials. This doesn't mean you should avoid uh, Dalai Lama. Maybe he is your teacher. I don't know. Possible. But you would know. I, meet, meet the person that's looking at it so that when they when you meet them, uh, they don't see anything but you. In other words, they don't see anything but your neurosis. Because they, they, they are not separate from your neurosis. That's how they can see it so vividly. They're not setting themselves up as a, some kind of a superior know-it-all, transcendental uh, guy or woman, man, being, person. They're not separate from you, so therefore they're 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 looking at the same thing you're looking at, except uh, you think what you what you feel and think is real and needs to be dealt with some way, and they know that that's not true. Therefore, they they can help you. You come and present your neurosis to them, and every single question you ask, you don't know. You're basically saying, "I don't know." Otherwise, I wouldn't. But at some point, you you will know, and you won't have any more questions. Is that helpful, or do you have further? No. no. Well, I, yes, I have another question, if you don't mind. I have, I have a friend who is deeply into koan practice. And, and when I speak to him, that's, that's what he, it's like he's, he's pushing that, not, yeah. not in a bad way, but he What's thinks your question? I hear you. I've, I've done koan practice. What's the question? Uh, I just don't want to do it. I, I like, I like the, I like the, your method much, much better. I, I've tried, I've done koan practice. Yeah. And I, in fact, passed one at one point with a, a, a well-known teacher. Very good. But I never continued on with it. And uh, I, I like the, the Soto path better, I think. 
Well, good. Well, you'll, you'll know what to do. I mean, I'm not saying uh, the only idea behind con practice is just to throw a, uh, throw a wrench into the thinking process of ego, especially people who are very intellectual and uh, tend to be very addicted to their thought patterns and very proud of their thinking process and their intellect and their ability to figure stuff out. Um, they might need to do some con practice. Um, I, I've done just enough of it formally with a, a teacher not very much, but just enough to know that probably not going to use that. I sometimes say to my close students, I'm your koan. Want a koan? Here I am. Or if you want, if you want a, a, me to give you a koan, I'll give you a koan. And what is that koan? Who am I? It's the only koan you need. Thank you. Thank you very much. And it's not to, don't misunderstand, I'm not saying that what your friend is doing is very, very helpful and, and exactly what that person needs to, to do. Some people are not ready, not that we're all that, you know, advanced particularly, but some people need to do that kind of practice rather than the practice of sitting down and looking at the wall without any particular koan. Didn't you bowing? Didn't you? Robert has another question. Okay. Is loving kindness meditation a safe way to leave ego mind pattern behaviors? I think it could be if you're under the guidance of a teacher who's teaching that. So there are different ways of teaching it. I, I would say so. It's, uh, I'm, I'm pretty biased when it comes to this. I've done a, several different kinds of meditation and the one that I'm, I guess you'd say promoting or saying you should do is sit down, hold still, all the senses are open, sit in front of, sit in front of something, sit in front of your refrigerator if you want to, something where nothing is moving or at least moving very little. Trees in the yard aren't too bad because they, they only move, do so much. And then and see and watch what moves in the mind stream or in the life stream. Just watch the movement without agreeing, disagreeing, or shutting down. Just do it and do a lot of it. Uh, so I feel like that's that's what I would. But loving kindness is we do that every time we do the four measurables, the four Brahma Viharas. We use the conceptual mind to actually generate that. That's very good. Also, we pray at the end. We pray for everybody at the end of a uh, end of the the day in the, in the monastery, ritualized uh, supplication for the welfare of others, for oneself and for one Sangha members and for the teacher and just, and why not? We don't need results, but we need to intend. Don't you bowing? A question from Oscar. Okay. When I sit and face the wall, is the ego also sitting and facing the wall, bowing? Yes. Ego's there too. The whole structure of, of consciousness is there. All of the uh, apparent parts, all the eight consciousnesses are there. The seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, uh, the processing uh, aspects of the mind that's impersonal, but just processes everything. And the eighth, the seventh consciousness of the ego mind, the paranoid part of the consciousness we call the ego or the narcissism, self-centeredness, um, paranoia. And then the eighth consciousness or the uh, alaya, vijnana, or vijnana, or the storehouse consciousness. It's just a way the Yogacharans 
teaching that breaks down the what we call consciousness into apparent parts. But it's not limited to those parts. Those are just ways of working with consciousness. So we can talk about it a little bit. He goes there to seventh, seventh consciousness. And it's not, uh, it's not an area. It's just the entirety of consciousness is the seventh. For three, three seconds, eight seconds, two minutes. Or for the whole time where one is committing a crime, you could say, it's just me and mine. You've shrunk everything down into that. But since it is without size, without location, uh, without time and space, uh, it cannot be hindered. It's very much like the, a thundercloud moving through the sky. It does leaves no mark on the sky. Similar kind of image. You are the sky. Don't believe me, but find out. Is there some frequency with which I should stop and reflect on the precepts or read them more slowly rather than just reciting them? Do, do both. Yes, good question. Yes, if you're doing precepts, then uh, um, there's it's like a three speed situation, very slow. So you don't even get through them in uh, 15, 20 minutes. Very slow, uh, faster than that, and then very fast. Just the general speed of reciting would be the second one, and then the third one would be say it as fast as you can. And you can, you can do that formally in the Zendo or in a meditation hall or room. You can do that on the cushion. You can do it uh, walking down the street. I have a question about intention. You mentioned that the um, the vows and also you just mentioned the prayer. Uh, I recently have something that worked well for me. Yeah, what's that? Um, my question is, I don't know whether you encourage the way for me to keep doing that. So when I think of being kind and also sort of see less separation between me and others, I think of the nice life. I want to be able to, I hope I'm able to be a human being again, if I can. And also, no, the way is, I feel like can generate kindness right at the moment is I could be born in Africa or I could be someone's grandma or someone's little baby. You know, doesn't matter who could be the enemy that I had in the past. But that way, I think for me is generate a kindness collect good deeds and also see separation right away. I just wondering whether you encourage me to do that or if I do that, what I need to be aware. About. So, so I, I followed you a little bit, but I, what, what is the fundamental and uh, kind of simplify that for me a little bit. So what's the fundamental intention there? Do good to find the true nature. Sounds good to me. That's that's the, the three pure precepts in the Bodhisattva path is do good, don't do harm, and uh, be with all things or save all beings. And those, those can be elaborated, but do good, we already know. We know what, what that is. Thank you. Fine. And also I have an add-on. I don't know whether you have some suggestions. Being uh, Doing good at the moment, it could be fear. 
sort of gave me discipline to, you know, I want to be, um, I want to be good. Gave me the discipline also with a with a mixture of fear because if I'm not doing good, maybe this is something that I could be punished or something that I, um, I want to have as an inspiration. So I don't know whether I'm too wordy for the question, but I'm just wondering whether. Um, whether it's a workbook for me. Um, the way you're, I would say, keep it very simple. Just, uh, just intend to do that. You can recite those precepts. Uh, I vow to do good. I vow not to do harm. I vow to be with all things. I vow to receive everything as it is. You could, you could write it yourself. You could make it up yourself if you feel like you need some kind of particularity there for yourself. But the the vows themselves. You've read the Bodhisattva vows, the sixteen. I mean, that, uh, yeah, the 16 uh, precepts that we do in, uh, in this lineage, haven't you? You have a copy of those? Yeah. I've read them. You just read those or pick one or two out and read those, recite those, memorize them if you wish. It's not particularly an assignment, but you do that. I don't see that. There's, there's nothing I can say there that would say, oh, no, that's not going to work. Don't do that. Sounds good to me. Stay in touch with me. Thank you. Bye. Further, any further uh, questions? Andrea Bowen. Andrea. How, how can we see the truth when we're so deluded? That's how it's done. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to have to say it this way so that you can uh, contemplate this. Seeing delusion is awakening. So you, the idea you have the delusion so that you can awaken. It's an astonishing thing that we are being offered. And some people are ignoring that and some human beings are going to go the other way and they may need to do that. But you don't, you can actually look at the delusion with the idea that you, you know, uh, you don't, you don't have any, you don't have any agenda about it. You don't have to get rid of it. Get rid of anything. It's a delusion. It is also unreal and it's vividly unreal and it gets more and more vivid and can get more and more scary. That's why you need, I need, we all need some kind of a support, some kind of structure. The Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the example, the Buddha, someone who is sane, someone who has no longer went to war with anything, even delusion. He just, the daughters of Mara came and tried to tantalize him and say, uh, you're not awake. This is just a story about it. What proof have you got? So the only kind of proof I've ever seen come out of the Buddha was when he uh, put his hand in the earth and he said, this Parsha Mudra, this earth is my witness, this, this solid, sane earth is my witness for what I see. So you can just receive that yourself. You can do this. Just it, it will not feel good. It's the first noble truth of the Buddha is life is suffering. You just about have to do what the Buddha did in order to realize your true nature and to realize your Buddha nature, your awakened nature. But it will be your version with your part of the countryside, uh, the area you live in, and your relationship to your family. And what happens at the kitchen table is not separate from ultimate truth. It's not the same, it's not separate. You have to see it. How do you see that? Train your mind, sit down, hold still, and watch the, the delusion come and go. 
get bigger, get smaller, get threatening, uh, get uh, and fade off and get more passive and go off into the shadows and then come raging back because of one trigger that someone said, something someone did, all the unexamined karma in your mind stream that is sitting there waiting for that trigger. But with your mind training, training the mind to see that there is no solid being there, there's a possibility we'll see through that whole thing and see that delusion is unreal. Andrea Bowen, thank you. You're welcome. We're a little bit past uh, the hour, but I'll take one final question, especially from someone who has not asked a question. We got quite a, quite a number of people on here today. There must be one person there who has a question. Brian Bowen. Go ahead, Brian. What does authentic presence look like? Bowen. Did you say autistic presence? No. What did you oh, say? we can go there. Um, authentic. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, presence without with no one there. There's no there's no person out no personhood there. It's just consciousness only, and it can't be found, discovered, or created. Uh, if you we need to have some work, it needs to be realized, and you have to realize it. Ocean has to realize it. Wulong has to realize it. Augie has to realize it. I have to realize it. We all have to realize this, or not, or do something else. You can spend the rest of your life uh, doing something altogether different. And, yeah, and you should shave that beard off too. It doesn't look good. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> good show. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you.